0: You're listening to Wrestling Changed My Life, presented by Spartan Combat. Let's go.
1: I think I've brainwashed myself to just be positive in life. <laughs> you know, like, e- even some days, like, I wake up, I'm like, oh, I'm so sore. But I'm like, hey, I'm up, I'm, I'm alive, <laughs> you know, um, which it, it makes it hard for me to, like, to, to, like, talk to some people that, like, are going through tough times because I, I'm just, I'm always so positive. We can endure anything I think it's
0: the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems.
1: You know, if I look back at my time, that's good wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. This is yours truly, Ryan Warner. We're coming off of a fantastic 4th of July weekend. I moved condos last week, still in Chicago, don't you worry. We're still in Chicago, but had a lot going on last week. So that's why we've had a bit of a delay in getting out these episodes. But we're back with Alec Pantaleo, three-time All-American from the University of Michigan. Alec's been on fire on the freestyle scene lately. He just won the Poland Open. Polish Open? Poland Open. Where he beat three-time world champion Haji Aliyev, as well as the great James Green. Alec will be making a run at the world team this fall after the Olympics. Fate of the week goes to my man, Brian Cole. Brian reached out over email to let us know how much he enjoyed the John DeJulius podcast. Who didn't, by the way? That podcast blew up. But Brian, thank you so much for reaching out. As always, folks, Wrestling Changed My Life is proudly presented by Spartan Combat. They make this show possible. Please support Spartan Combat at SpartanCombat.com. And that's it. Let's get to the interview with the great Alec. Pantaleo. Wrestling fans, this episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below the waist grooming. And gentlemen, if you have hair, this tool is for you. If you're like my friend Tom, who's hairless, he's like a seal, you don't need this product. But if you're like most of us and want to keep the family jewels up to snuff this summer, check out Manscaped. We've partnered with Manscaped and are now offering a 20% discount to podcast listeners. Use the promo code WCML at checkout at manscaped.com. Yeah, Alec Pantaleo, welcome to the podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm honored to be here.
0: Definitely. There's so many places we could start, but I wanted to start with Bajrang training with you guys. It may seem odd, but I was just so intrigued that, you know... uh, the great, sorry about that. That the great Bajrang, you know, I'd, I'd come over and stay with you guys for two months, I think it was. And I'm uh, yeah. just, just curious how that all came about and what you learned from that.
1: Well, so that's the thing about Sean Bromet, man. We joke, he's he's always wearing long sleeves. He has so many tricks up him. <laughs> and uh yeah, so we heard, like, oh yeah, Bajrang would be coming in. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. And then I get a text from Sean saying, like, hey, next week Bajrang's going to be here for a, for a month. I'm like, all right. And, uh, he's like, yeah, can you, can you come in and work out with him when he gets in? And I was just coming up a training cycle. I was pretty beat up, but, um, I'm like, yeah, sure. And I come in the first day there and like, I'm like supposed to be like the dude at that, at that weight kind of in our room. Yeah. And he just puts it on me. I mean, he just beats my butt and bad. And I look at Sean, I'm like, uh, <laughs> you know? And, um, but then, yeah, just basically on that way home, I, I was like, dang, I, I don't get my bucket with that ever. And, um, it was that bad. Like it was, it, it, I just like, I couldn't do anything. He was just out. He's outwitting me on everything I was doing, you know, the whole footstep. Like I knew he's going to do it. He still did it to me. And, um, so basically that kind of, for me, if I, like, like led like a fight where I'm like, I want to keep training with this guy. And it took me a few weeks and eventually I got the best of him, but I mean, he, he's, he's a sneaky cat, but anyway, so he started liking the training so much that we were there that he extended his trip by a whole nother month. He's only wow. supposed to be there for a month. So he's like, no, I- I'll stay for another month. And um, it's cool because him and his Shaco are they're, they're awesome. But like other RTCs, like Ohio and all them are like, hey, come come down here. And they're like, he's like, no, no, no. Only Michigan. Only Michigan. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and we're just buddies now. What's, what, what
0: is his feel? Like what kind of feel did he bring that was different than the other Americans you'd wrestled?
1: Yeah, well, he's unlike other foreigners because – I mean, besides Jaz like he's pace, 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 go, 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 which most foreigners are kind of like, you know, of gold than that, sting you, know? kind of how I wrestle a little bit. Um, but yeah, so he like he's really good at getting down low and driving in. I mean, he pushed me across the mat, you know. So yeah, that sucked. But and then he's he's quick, you know. He knows what he's doing. I mean, but it's it's different for him because I mean he grew up in the mud pits where he didn't have you know, traction. He just had to become an athlete. And, you know, that's why he's one of the best in the world now.
0: Yeah. His pace is awesome to see. I, I love watching the videos of him doing like, I think it's like a hundred burpees in a row or something. He's just an animal in this training.
1: Yeah. So he gets to practice like an hour early, early every day. And we'll do stretching or something, but like, basically when, when practice comes, he's ready to go, you know, and it's like, I'm rolling in like 20 minutes before, like, all right, <laughs> you know, but uh an yeah, hour I mean, before he gets a pretty darn early him and his coach and then they wow. just stay i think they just spend the whole day in the wrestling room they just don't leave <laughs> so so really
0: you're you mentioned and obviously everyone knows you're at michigan uh the cliff keen rtc just awesome facility that the Bona wrestling complex so you guys got it going on there with the coaches and the athletes what's a day in the life like when uh you were training with bajrang or even now um kind of morning to sunset.
1: Yeah. I mean, when Bajrang was here, it was still during the COVID like crisis lockdown. So we, um, you know, there wasn't as much people in the room, but usually it's, yeah, we would do, I mean, a morning workout and maybe something in the evening, or we would just do like one, you know, one block during the day of, I don't know, like two hours. Um, But at at our level of wrestling, you don't have to get in and like grind, 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 grind. I'm not saying you shouldn't, you know, I, I still think you need to do that, but, we can just go over positionings and we can figure out like little, like my new details that will make like a gut wrench better or like low single defense. And um, like, so I worked a lot with like front head pitch with him. He's got a really good front head pitch and I learned a lot of different tricks from like, instead of like grabbing the chin, like pinch, a, pinch the cheeks together, then you roll and stuff like that. And I'm like, never would have thought of that. So um, yeah, I mean, we just kind of figure out wrestling and then ends up going live wrestling and you know, I'm, I, either one of us leave pretty uh, pretty annoyed or not <laughs> <You know? laughs> what about
0: now how many times a week are you guys like lifting and running versus mat work
1: yeah well, right now we're kind of an off cycle I just um I just got back last a couple of days ago from training out in Ithaca with Kyle Dake and Yanni Um, so yeah I mean when I was out there they were just they spent the whole day just in the room doing technique but at Cliff Keen we Sergey believes that like you get in, you do your work, then you go home. You know, you you relax, enjoy your life. So, we um we we'll, we'll come in. We play a lot of soccer in the more, <laughs> more practice. It's very competitive, and then we um we do work technique, work positions. We do some drilling on our own. Work on stuff we need to work. Then we do either live positions or we'll go um you know like like thirty second goes. You have to score. You're down by a point. Da 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 then we always usually end with a match, you know? So we do a lot of matches throughout the week. And I actually think that helps a lot with like term terminus tournament simulation. Cause you just do matches all the time. Yeah. So, And
0: are you lifting a lot too?
1: Yeah. So we, um, we train at a place called Barwis methods, which basically it, um, Barberis is he, he was the head strength and conditioning coach for U of M. And then now he just does professional athletes. So we train there two to three times a week and it's like, you know, nothing but like NFL guys, NHL guys, all these guys. So um, it's very functional strength training, you know, it's so we can still wrestle throughout the week, but you still get stronger.
0: I've had him on the podcast. I love that dude.
1: Yeah. Mike Barris is, he's, he's a crazy, man. The, the
0: raspiness in his voice is, it just reminds you of like old school Southern football.
1: <laughs> yeah. He, so he's down in Florida now that he runs that place, but we, um, we have some other guys up in, in Michigan that have the original Barbers methods And uh, they actually have some wrestling backgrounds, too. So they get pretty fired up when we're in there.
0: Dude, I bet. And so you guys have had so many new guys come into the program in the past couple of years. Derringer, you know, has come in the program. Sergey is like one of the biggest gets that I can remember. Where were you at when you heard the news that 4 had brought Sergey in as a coach?
1: Yeah, so I actually remember this. And it's just funny because it kind of jumps to like me leveling up in wrestling mindset-wise the past few years. So, Sergey and his brother, Anatoly, came through. They are doing, like, a tour across the U.S., and they Mm -hmm. ran a camp in Ann Arbor. And, like, I knew they were good wrestlers, but I didn't know how good of wrestlers they were, you know, because they're just the old Russian dudes. And um, they're showing me, like, step overthrows and arm spins, like, stuff I've never hit in my life, never even learned, Right. I'm like this is goofy like why this guy like this, this doesn't work this step overthrow and i no matter what i could do how many times i practiced it it was never right you know it was just like, wrong 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 over and over <laughs> anyway, um so i google him later that day and i started watching his technique and watching his videos and i was like dude he was doing exactly what he showed me on ncaa national champs and world medalists like I mean, he's pretty good and then um so then he ended up coming to Michigan and, and training and like being our coach. And it took me like two months to like understand his humor, understand his training process. I mean, he, like his English was still very choppy. So like he would say things that I kind of thought he's like insulting me, but it's just like, he didn't know how to say anything else, <laughs> you know? Um, and, uh, and then I kind of started like buying into his process, started hitting his stuff. I'm like, Oh, it works. He, he's a good guy. He wants to pass for me. He so, loves the big throws. Yeah, yeah. Is that the biggest change when working with him? Well, the funny thing too is he'll like he'll laugh at you if, if you do something and it doesn't work, they'd be like, ha, that's terrible. <laughs> that's, you're awful. You know, like like if you start getting turned in a gut wrench, you'd be like, That's two, that's two, you're gonna get tech. That's two. I'll start yelling at you, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean it's I mean, I, I practice throws now and eventually I'll get in a match, you know. My gut wrench <laughs> got better. Uh, defense has got better. So, I mean, what, what are you showing? He's working. He's got to be
0: good to have in the corners at those tournaments over in like Eastern Europe, you know, where some shenanigans may happen from time to time and having someone like that in the corner has got to help.
1: Well, as far as coaching wise in the corner, like he's very quiet. He's like, okay, keep going. Okay. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't really coach um, besides practice, but if you travel with him, he's a celebrity. Like as soon as you get off the plane, there's people there waiting to take pictures of Sergey, you know, like he's like, I mean, he, he's a big deal over overseas. So even still, even still, oh yeah, I mean, if, if you if you show up to wrestling tournament, you you as soon as you walk in the doors, you hear Sergey, hello, Sergey, Sergey. Like like everyone knows Sergey, and he's got friends everywhere. He's he's coached everywhere. So
0: yeah, yeah, like Japan, he's if he's been at the OTC. I mean, lo- I was looking back at his resume because I was at Bona last Friday interviewing him for a documentary I'm working on. It's like the dude never lost, like in World or Olympic competition. He got one silver, I think, but besides that, man, and if they didn't cancel 84 Olympics, he could have been a three time Olympic gold medalist.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, he, honestly, God, I mean, it's funny because I ask him, I'm like, I'm like, Sugar, are you the best wrestler ever? You know, he's like, me, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, but like, <laughs> he, the, the people he says are the best wrestlers ever are like guys who are like one or two time world champs, but he's like, their technique, their like what, how they did it, they were they were the best. You know, I actually forget their names, but um, I mean, he's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, no, 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 It's like it's not, it's about technique. He, he doesn't care about the medals and all that kind of stuff. He cares about like how effortless it is to defeat someone. And so you just again, there's levels to it. He's just like, I'm trying to get up right here. He's already up right there. So
0: he you know. knows so
1: much. Do you ever wrestle with him,
0: like on like on parter or even in
1: like front headlocks? Yeah, well, I mean, so he'll, he'll do that when he show he'll show moves like, okay, go live, you know. And then you start going live like, okay, stop, you know. <laughs> you heard him, but um, if he gets a gut, if he locks a gut wrench on you, he'll turn you. I mean, no, like, even me, I've got callus over ribs now, but if he locks, he'll turn me. <laughs> like he's just he's, he's good at it.
0: So outside of the in the room training, you seem like you've really made some changes in your approach to life and just like your diet and your kind of your self-talk and visualization over the past couple of years. What do you, how are you spending the rest of your day kind of in an effort to, to improve? Yeah. I mean, it depends on, I mean, it depends on what the training cycle is. Like, let's say you're like six weeks out
1: from the world team trials this fall.
0: Like yeah. you're in the peak of it.
1: Right. Right. So, um, six weeks, um, my diet's always very good. I, I don't put, you know, bad food in my body really ever. Um, I think the best, probably what's helped me a lot. I'm going to dive back into is I just, um, I, I taper my weight training a little bit more, you know, and I focus more on wrestling. Also I wrestled to get down to weight now, instead of like running to get down to weight, you know? So I think that's, that's a little bit better. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just focus on my diet, get, get good sleep, make sure I get really good training. Um, you know, I'm not too worried about being like sharp and like sharpening up the week before I'm just worried about like, making sure that I can control, what I can can control and uh, trust in my training.
0: The tapering off the weights is, is definitely a thing that you feel like most Americans don't do a, enough of sometimes. Like when did that start for you?
1: Yeah. So I started realizing that during like, I would say the big tens at NCAAs when I was doing that in college, mm. because we would do, I mean, throughout the whole season, you know, we would, we'd, we'd grind, we'd, we'd wrestle a lot. And then we'd weight train and run a lot. And then, I always thought I wrestled best at big tens NCAAs, you know, Um, and I started looking at the, like the, the traits that we were doing, you know, and yeah, we stopped weight training. We, if we did weight training, it was just quick, like body, body weight, self-explosive, you know, low impact, but like efficient. Um, And I mean, it, I, I just felt better wrestling it like that. So I'm like, maybe I should do that with my own training now. And you know, turns out the coaches, Sean has, has a bunch of tricks up his sleeves and he has a madness and he has a whole program about tapering and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so that's what I do. So I would say like the week, week and a half before, no heavyweight training, you know, maybe a week before you can do some explosive workouts, but the week of, you should not be doing stuff like that.
0: Bro, uh, I love how methodical Barmet is. He's got systems and just plans mapped out, I'm sure for days.
1: Yeah, no, he's he's a super smart dude. He 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 knows wrestling.
0: How did he first get involved in your life? Was he coaching and
1: recruiting you? So um, he was the assistant coach at Michigan. Uh, Joe McFarland was the head coach when I came in there. And um, sorry, excuse me, allergies. Um, no problem. Yes, yeah, so Sean, he um, we we kind of have a thing in Michigan where it's like each coach is like the kind of the personal coach for certain weights, right? So Sean was more like. You know the upper weight guys okay personally I had Josh Trello Josh was like my my mentor and then we had um Joe was kind of lower weight guys you know it just kind of worked out well so Sean for the first like really I don't know I'd say two and a half years he really didn't like coach me that much like he, he, he talked but he didn't really he wasn't really my guy that was Josh but Josh still't my guy but
0: mm-hmm. when I started
1: getting into freestyle that's when Sean kind of started coming in and showing me these little things and you know like things I' never knew. And then when he became the head coach, he became a lot more interactive with, like, my wrestling being – because I established myself in the lineup and everything. And, uh, yeah, so that's that was, it was kind of like a – it transcended into that, you know. And now Sean's, like, my right-hand man. Like, I, I call him up if I need something he can help me out.
0: So, so Josh Charella was the guy who recruited you, or did you walk-on?
1: I was a walk-on, yeah, yeah, yeah. You I were? Was a, yeah. See, I,
0: I know you had some, some – you know, an injury your junior year, but, I mean, still, you were a state champ as a sophomore – had one of the craziest state finals that I can find online your senior year. We'll talk about that. It's freaking nuts. But so you were, but I know you didn't wrestle a lot of freestyle. And so you literally walked on, had you been recruited to other schools?
1: Um, So I, um, yeah, I was, I was a two-time state qualifier, right. Um, Two-time state finalist and then one-time champ. And um, you know, I was good in high school. I just like, I didn't get there. I never went to Fargo, you know, I didn't go to Disney duels or, or, I went to Super 32 in middle school, you know, I didn't go to these big tournaments where college coaches go to recruit, but I beat good guys like at Virginia Beach, I beat guys who were like top 10, top 15 in the nation. But so, yeah, so some people knew about me, some didn't. Um, and yeah, so Michigan, I, I, I picked Michigan because my uncle went there and I, I liked the program, I liked you know the alumni base, everything like that, but um. I mean,
0: so you had a man like called by those guys ahead of time before you got Yeah. There? I mean,
1: so, yeah. So, I mean, like Ohio State, for example, Tom Ryan, he's very upfront with me. He's like, hey, listen, you, he, he actually told my uncle, he's like, you know, your nephew, he's really good. He's a really good wrestler. We'd love to have him here, but we have all our money tied up with Micah Jordan. You know, Micah Jordan's a big recruit. Mm-hmm. um Same with like Virginia Tech. You know, they had a guy named Sh- Solomon Shisco, who um, I lost to actually. It was a big recruit, recruit coming out of high school. And, um, and it's central too. It's like I, you know, the guys are like, yeah, we don't really have much money for you, but we love to have you here, you know. Um, so I figure if I'm going to walk on any program, I'd rather walk on to a place where I'm either going to sink or swim. Right. Michigan, and um, you
0: end up starting as a true freshman, right?
1: Correct. Yeah, I um I went to the uh, the freshman sophomore division tournament and MSU, and I won that, and then um I won the wrestle off, and I was kind of worried. I was asking some of the guys on the team, I'm like am i good enough to start you know and they're like dude like you've won everything so far like you're good enough to start and i ended up wrestling got dave habit the first round my very first match in college wrestling and he ended up being the national finals of that year <laughs> you know so i How'd lost and knocked me out. oh yeah no you're not gonna pin me but um
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah so um but then you win the uh did you win the cliff keen tournament your first year as a freshman my freshman year?
1: so i took second i lost to uh give him Cornell. Oh, Chris, the like, yeah.
0: yeah. But I mean, so to come from that August, you're a walk on. And then by that December you take second at the uh, Vegas tournament. that's a pretty incredible, pretty incredible jump. If, if you're not coming from your perspective, you know, if you're looking from the
1: outside in. Yeah. So that was actually probably what um, made me realize I was ready for college wrestling too, is I, you know, I, again, I, I wrestled, I, the two guys wrestled the MSU open um, was, Dave had and Taiwan Claxton, both who were ranked top five in the nation at the time. Mm. And they both beat me. The one was really bad. Dave knocked me out, like I said. Um, And then I kind of just kind of figured out, I'm like, I have to do something here. or This is, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to sink, you know, I'm not going to be swimming. And then at, at, yeah. So at Cliff Keen, I just like, I was very loose and we have nothing to lose. And I made the finals. And um, that's when I kind of realized, I'm like, dang, I beat some pretty good guys and I can keep going and, Towards the end of the year, I, I, at the NCAA tournament, I was at the sixth seed. Um, I ended up losing the first round, but I
0: mean Damn. You know, yeah,
1: I mean I, I kept that 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 progression going. The sixth seed, that's
0: incredible. So you mentioned uh the first tournament you went to, you went you had the two losses. Did you place at that one or you did not place?
1: Um so that was like a team duel. Like got it. Uh, okay. Got it. So right those are your both. So you lose your
0: opening two duels and that had to be like a big gut check moment, huh?
1: Yeah. And then, you know, you go to the wrestling room the next couple of days and it's a wrestling guy like Brian Murphy, you know, who's like, he's very good. And he was just kicking my butt too. And I just like, I was just getting my butt kicked a lot. And I kind of like was in a dark, like a dark place. And I kind of had to realize I'm like, I got to start swimming or I'm going to keep sinking. And uh, that's when Cliff Keen tournament came right around the corner.
0: What was the, what was like the spark of inspiration? To like get you your, thinking that way
1: it's getting your butt kicked man <laughs> <laughs> no one liked it yeah so did you
0: uh i mean as a kid growing up did you were you one of those kids who always just just had a lot of confidence in the way you wrestled or did you struggle with that like throughout middle school and high school
1: i, I think i was always like i mean a little I, i'm very athletically gifted you know mm-hmm. i i'm pretty fast pretty strong um and that started, yeah. I mean, I, I've been working on my entire life even when I was young. But in high school, I, I was always bigger, like bigger, faster, and stronger than a lot of guys. So I was pretty confident in that. Um, but with that said, I didn't like I knew how to wrestle, but I didn't know wrestling. And that's mm-hmm. what I had to relearn when I got to college. Is like, I mean, I, I always had this like thing where I'd go, 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 go when I was drilling. You know, I, I didn't understand about slowing down your drilling and learning wrestling. I never understood it. So I had to, re, I had to relearn all that that's probably what made me a better college wrestler than, you know, than in the past. But
0: yeah. I mean, you just, even in the, the match your senior year, you were just, you were just going, man, you were going right for it. And for folks who don't know, you come from a huge wrestling family. Your uncle was a junior world champ over in the motherland, Russia. That had to be a crazy story passed around the table growing up, Um, you know, two-time finalists from Michigan. And then your dad was a, a D3 All-American as well, a couple time All-American. So wrestling was around a lot. But um, I mean, what do you remember from just like the stories of your dad, and your uncle and and their wrestling tales as a young kid? Well, you know, it's, it's kind of
1: funny because when I talk to my uncle, it's not really stories about him. It's stories about the people that he wrestled with. Right. Mm-hmm. So I hear lots of stories about Dave Schultz and Kenny Monday and all that kind of stuff. Um, his time at a Foxcatcher, you know, all that kind of cool stuff. Um, and to be honest, that's like, I, I kind of do try and do the same stories. Like when people ask me about my wrestling, I'd rather talk about like being around Sean and Sergey and, you know, Josh Trella and the Amin brothers, you know, that's, I think that's pretty cool, but yeah. Yeah. And just, you, you don't realize how good these dudes actually were. Like I never realized how good my uncle actually was, especially in high school. Like I, in high school, I was, I was a state champ as a sophomore and he, he had me go through a practice and I was like, this is dumb. This is never going to work. You know, I thought I knew everything
0: oh no you know
1: like he had me do one thing where like he had me like tie my arms together and wrestle like this you know i'm like this is dumb you, you can wrestle like this whenever you want you know and later on i was trying to realize oh but up and in positioning staying right here don't be exposed i'm like i just i did i didn't know i wasn't exposed to it enough mm-hmm. and that's when you, that's when you realize just how good like my uncle joe and my dad and everyone actually were so he would
0: tie – he had a, a, a practice where he tied your wrists together to keep good positioning.
1: Yeah, and it was so annoying too because, I mean, how he would, how he would teach me too, he'd be like, all right, like, like like what's next? Like He'd ask me like the progression or something, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't think this is the right step to begin with, you know. like, But what he was trying to teach you is to like think about wrestling, think about if I do this, then what do I do? Then what mm-hmm. do I do? Then what, and that steps. And Sean Bourmet does the same thing. He, he, he has a, he, he actually will count when he wrestles about step one, step two, step three. Like he knows a response to everything. But again, back when I was in high school, I was just hitting moves go, 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 go. I wasn't thinking about it. And, you know, you need, you need to learn proper technique before the, the speed comes. So
0: I love that he broke it out like that. And was that kind of strategic with the steps and like thinking ahead two, three moves in advance?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's what I'm doing now in my freestyle career is I'm, I'm understanding the, the steps. If I, if I start gutting this way, he defends and I switch this side, he's going to f- fight that side. Then I'm going to go the other way again. You know, it's, it's a right. step. You don't just, just hit a gut wrench, you know.
0: So what happened your junior year in high school while why you couldn't compete?
1: Yeah, so um, just high school career summed up basically freshman year. Um, it's kind of funny because Malcolm, he's like my teammate now. He's one of my really, really good buddies. But yeah. we always ended each other's seasons in high school. So freshman year, to even get to the state tournament, he beat me in the blood round. Sophomore year, I beat him in the state finals. You know, junior year, uh, we were at different weights, thankfully. But he ended up winning state title again. And I broke my hand at hit, at their school tournament. Coincidence, right? No. <laughs> um, How late into the season? It was a mid-season mid, mid season
0: oh my god it yeah. had to be brutal
1: yeah it, it was um that was a bummer because I was, I was teching pinning everyone i was wrestling really well wow but then senior year he, he pinned me in 30 seconds the state finals you know so
0: we got to set the stage though so you go into the match undefeated right like 51 or no
1: yeah i i didn't have a match go the entire like match i i either teched or pinned everyone by the second period my and senior. so
0: this has got to be, you know, I'm an Illinois guy, but I got to imagine if you're a Michigan guy, this has got to be one of the most epic state finals in history, kind of up to that point was the chatter of the whole weekend. Just you guys getting at it in the finals.
1: Yeah. I mean, I kind of, we were both undefeated wrestlers and we, you know, we kind of knew we'd see each other in the finals. Um, I mean, I was so confident though, my senior year that I was like, I'm gonna, I, wa- I wanted to get a tech or pin again, you know, that's what I was doing. Um, you know, my dad was my coach, and he'd actually make games. He's like, "See if you can take a guy off takedowns. See if you, you see if you can get a guy to like to get stalled out of the match, stuff like that." So I was just, I was going, going, going. And uh, but Malik, he's a great wrestler. He's you know, he's really good. And I walked, I think within five seconds of that match, I shot like four different shots. <laughs> Seriously. I, yeah. Yeah, I just boom, run after it, and um, I fell right into a, a cradle. <laughs> you know, within thirty seconds, and he pinned me. So. He won it, man. Malik did. He had a game plan. He's like, I talked to him after, like a couple years later. He's like, Yeah, no, we we won. You should should have had outside single so we could cradle you. I was like, Damn, yeah. you know. But, so after that, did you ever consider not wrestling in college? No, 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 no. I committed to Michigan by then. We we were both Michigan com- commits. Got it. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So it was um, it it was just some friendly com- competitiveness that we had, you know. I knew I'd, I'd wrestle him the next year in college anyways. So, um, and now like we're, we're, both, we're both at Cliff Keen. We both represent different countries and we're really, really good buddies. So he, he's a very important pers- person to my, my wrestling career.
0: It's cool that the Michigan squad is so tight because you guys have had relatives that had wrestled during kind of you know, similar times. I believe your uncle probably wrestled with um, with Mr. Amin.
1: Were they on the same teams? Yeah, my my uncle, I think at the same year they both made the finals. Um crazy. Mal- Malik's dad and Malik Miles' dad and then my uncle Joe, yeah.
0: And so you guys are all there now. I mean, Michigan is is obviously one of the top programs, but the culture seems really tight. Um what like what do you when you look back on your career like wrestling for Michigan, what jumps out to you there?
1: You know, so I didn't grow up like when you when you get to Michigan, you see a lot of these people that grew up mason and blue like that's the only thing they knew their parents and their grandparents went to Michigan, big on tradition you know for me like again, I wasn't expecting to wrestle in Michigan. I was just hoping you know maybe I can get into school there um, <laughs> and uh the big thing that i I took away is the whole the Michigan man idea it's it's a thing you know we like the people in Michigan hold themselves to a very high standard, you know, especially the athletes mm-hmm. and um yeah, I mean, you kind of have to when the people next to you, I mean, you have Olympians that you go to class with, you have Big Ten champs, you got, got ex-Michigan alumni who are presidents, you know, that went to the moon. It's the, the Michigan man idea. It's, it's an actual thing and call it a chip on your shoulder all you, all you want, but it definitely it helps you in life knowing that like you're on good company.
0: Bro, Tom Brady went to Michigan. Let's go. I mean, geez. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. That's awesome. And I mean, for, for folks who aren't super deep into the freestyle scene, you've really been coming on at the, it's like, is it 150 or is it 150 and a half?
1: 154.
0: 154. And so it's, it's that weight that it's kind of the tweener weight, but you've really come into your own there. And just this past couple of weeks ago, took out a super high level dude and Haji, and then, you know, avenged an earlier loss of James Green When you have a performance like that, how do you like how do you process it and look back on it?
1: Um well looking back, here's the thing is you're gonna learn way more from your losses than you ever will from your wins, right? So that match against Aliyev, I've watched it one time. The matches I've lost to James Green, I've watched I don't know, countless times, (laughs) you know. Yeah. So I, I like the stuff I did. I mean, I like that. I was able to scramble a little bit against Aliyev. I like that um, my shots were working. The one thing I, I learned a lot from the match, though, was, and that's what makes him a good wrestler. Is he, he was attacking one side the entire time, and the last ten seconds of the match, he shoots the opposite side single, catches me right to a gut wrench. You know, I'm like that's, that's that's high level sneaky stuff. Dang. I heard some whole lot did a similar thing about he would attack one side the entire period, second period, light up the other side. And um, it was funny because as soon as I walked off the mat. Sergey was like, Alec, you got a gut wrenched. <laughs> he did a good job. He was like, you give him the gut. You know, like he couldn't believe it. Um, <laughs> Why? He just doesn't yeah. believe people should get turned or what? He, he just like, he just knows that like, if that would have been five seconds earlier, then it could have been a different match. You know, like he, he took me down gutting me in then time right now. And I won a criteria. Right. You know, the five seconds, he would have got another gut. Like that would suck to lose a match that way. Um, oh
0: my God. But, so, I mean, you held through, though, man. And even crazier is that on the first day, was the, when you first lost to James, was that the same day or a day before?
1: Yeah, the same day. I, I wrestled James um, second round. We, we were in, it was Pools. The Pools crossed over.
0: Dude, what an emotional swing. I mean, so you lose that match, and then you have, what is Haji, like a three-time world champ?
1: Let's say that one more time. Oh, yeah. I was, was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's an Olympic bronze medalist and then three-time world champ.
0: And then in the finals, you have James again. I mean, that's got to be, I don't know how many times you guys have wrestled. What happened in that match?
1: Yeah, you know, here's the thing. Every time I've, I've lost to James, I wrestled him four times now. I've lost I'm three and one against him. Um, and the times I lost, they're, the matches were closer than what the, the score actually showed. Like, I lost him 4-2 at the flow eight-man bracket. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like I, I tried throwing a headlock out of bounds. You know, I don't do that to tie the match. Um, at the U.S. Open in Vegas, you know, or not Vegas, but in, in Iowa, I did. I tried throwing again out of bounds, and I gave him like three or four pushouts. You know, so that's a that's, you know, a couple points right there that you can fix. And then yeah, so at um when I wrestled him the first time again in Poland, um, tried throwing, I <laughs> you keep know, like the same mistakes, keep okay, giving up the underhooks, and he, he pushed me out like three times. And right after that match, I, Sean and I, like, we're like, all right, we're going to fix this right now. So we worked on not giving up underhooks, clearing the arm, you know, don't throw anymore, <laughs> you know, and wrestle from your positions. And that's what I did that final match. And he had no offense really. Like he, he was scoring off my, my stuff before. I just mm-hmm. didn't give him that to do. And um, it worked out. So.
0: I love it, man. Huge win. And obviously much respect to the great James Green. I'm excited for you guys to throw down again later this year. What is the process for the World Team Trials for the non-Olympic weights?
1: Yeah, so at the World Team Trials, they're in September. And um, I'm hearing other rumors, like guys like Jordan Oliver and Zane Rutherford to be going 70. So we'll, nice. we'll have a fair of good guys. Um, but how it'll work is you have to make the finals, and then whoever's in the finals is best two or three. And then the next month, whoever wins that goes to the World Championships in Norway
0: so there is all right so say that again so it's the world team trials does anyone have a buy to the finals or is everyone just in the bracket
1: no the only person who has would have a buy would be if you medal at the olympics so if dake medals because there's only 65 if dake medals he's automatically on the world team the next year but or for the next two months yeah i don't think he'll be going 70 so no
0: yeah, yeah yeah so everyone in the bracket so you'll come through the bracket, all those guys you just mentioned, and then the finals, best two out of three, like the next day. And then the world championships is a month later.
1: Yeah. It's in Norway in October.
0: Got it. Okay. Man, that's going to be exciting to watch, especially just seeing your progression. A couple last uh, more rapid fire questions for you, then we'll wrap up. So how do you think about like visualization and self-talk? Is that something you're big into?
1: Yeah, I, um, you know, I kind of wonder sometimes if I have this thing called toxic positivity. You know, to some some people, I I think I've brainwashed myself to just be positive in life. <laughs> you know, like e- even some days, like I wake up, I'm like, oh, I'm so sore. But I'm like, hey, I'm up, I'm I'm alive. <laughs> you know, um, which it makes it hard for me to like to to like talk to some people that like are going through tough times because I I'm just I'm always so positive. So. That's something I'm kind of figuring out. But um yeah Where'd you a, get that a, from? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just um have you always had it? I just see a lot of successful people and they, they always seem very positive. I mean, I've never seen like a negative, successful person, you know, and I think over years and years of just me like trying to replicate that, like it's the only thing I know now. Like, don't get me wrong, I can, I can be negative at times, but then I'll even say I'm like that was a negative thing. I just said, why did I say that? I say something positive. You know, I was trying to counter, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, that's, that's one thing I do is I'm just, I try and stay very positive in life. And do you have any mantras or,
0: or things you say to yourself day of, or like 10 minutes before the match? If those any type of negative thoughts starts to, starts to creep in.
1: Not negative. I get, I get nervous. I mean, everyone gets nervous, you know, like what if, what if, what if, but then I just kind of tell myself, I'm like, you know, the haze in the barn, you know, i trust my training. That's one thing I've started doing is trust my training. Mm-hmm. And um, when you think you have a lag, you have a lag time, like your body can't react as fast, you know? So I just kind of wrestle mindlessly and trust my training. And so far it's been working.
0: And the, one of the other things I wanted to ask you is you mentioned earlier that you had just gone out to Cornell to train with Yanni and Dake. What did you, uh, like, was there anything that stuck out about their approach that was different from what you guys are used to? Yeah.
1: So, I mean, wrestling got like, like kyle dake it's difficult because i mean i think i'm pretty i'm pretty good wrestler now but like i had nothing for him i mean he's everything i, I could do he kind of just did a little bit better you know and so obviously whatever he's doing is working for him but then i kind of think i'm like he's always been this good like his entire life he's won everything you know he might just be one of the anomalies of the world i don't think um, people
0: realize what level he's on right now it's he's like gonna win,
1: he's gonna win the olympics going away like he, he's that good
0: he yeah. wasn't even again, all respect to Jordan Burroughs. I didn't think he was pushed in those matches to like any type of breaking point. Dake wasn't.
1: Yeah. I mean, like here's the thing. So Jordan Burroughs what scored a point in two matches on him, right? And it was a push out, I believe. Yeah. I wrestled him, had nothing for him. Almost got a takedown. Um, Yanni wrestled him, had nothing for him. Like he just everyone I've ever seen him wrestle, it's good. Just I mean, he 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 wipes house with him, you know like Alex Deringer you wrestled Alex Deringer a few years ago. Deringer is one of the best in the world. And I think Derringer could win the world championship, you know, in the next couple of months, but he, he had nothing for him. Like all these guys, like, like, yeah, he's just that good, you know?
0: Yeah, he really is. Sadakoff also that good though. That is a match I can't wait for. So obviously we'll, we're all looking forward to the Olympics. I know you have, have your own guys. You're going to be watching, um, the Serbian sickles back. We got the we got a mean going over there. So, will you be at the Olympics?
1: No, I won't be. Unfortunately, um, and I'd rather I'd rather be wrestling anyways. But for sure, yeah. So Stevan and Miles, I think they they have very very good shots of winning the Olympics. I, I really do. Like they're they're that good, especially in freestyle, um, and they're both top three seeds. You know, so um, as long as i are not, I mean, even if they're wrestling in the USA, I'd probably be rooting for them. But all the USA guys I'll be rooting for, then those two guys. for sure man
0: well all of this you know olympic festivities talk you know it reminds me of obviously like the world championships at the junior level i know you were on the junior world team went to france let's just wind down with this you know what was it like
1: representing the red white and blue for the first time at the junior worlds you know here's the thing about it is i i always just wanted to get my name in the back of a singlet (laughs) like you know and then i got my (laughs) name thing with the usa on it you know and that was like a huge stepping stone and that was probably my my demise at junior worlds is i was just kind of happy i was there mm. um now it's it's like i'm not happy i'm here i'm here i'm here to win you know so that was a learning learning moment for me um the real the real you know sugar on top would be when you step on top of the podium and they play the national anthem first time that happened to me i was in cuba and you know I would stood up and you had your hand right here and you look at that flag being raised. That was real cool. I was taking some mental pictures on that. So
0: dude, that's awesome. Well, many more to come in the future. Alec Pantelio. Thanks for joining the show, man. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Have a great day. Me too. That's it for this episode, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. This episode was brought to you by Manscaped. Get 20% off on your next purchase with the promo code WCML at manscaped.com.